afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the show. It is 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Central Time. We are here, as we always are, to help you head back to the window. I'm Scott Steen, your host. I'm the lead handicapper at winnersandwinders.com. And I'm your co-host, Scott Rochelle, senior handicapper over winnersandwinders.com. And together, like I said, you'll find us here every day, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central. So, uh, Scott, I know that you uh, started off the day in not necessarily great fashion. A tennis play kind of went the wrong way for you. But other than that, how you been doing? Okay. I can't really complain too much. Uh, I was on VEASAN last night at 3 in the morning Eastern time. Which That's was nice. Fun. Talked about some NBA draft stuff, which was, you know, fun. Then again, most of NBA draft is just trying to find the right news sources and trying to avoid all the smoke screens. Right. Do you have any tips for people? Because my main tip was ignore all the noise, focus on which teams are working out which prospects. Yeah, I think that's exa- I think that's exactly right. And just beware. They throw up so much smoke in the NBA, probably more than any other league. And the other thing is... Not to mention all the trades that are involved in every single you know draft. Right, right. So Yeah, yeah that's a... Uh, that's a landmine, buddy. That's a landmine. Yeah. Do you, uh, who do you like as the number one? I guess let's just do that. Well, Boncaro took a bunch of steam. I know he went from about 12 to one to about four to one yesterday. So it seems like Orlando is at least fielding all of its options. Right. I still think they're going to take Jabari if, if I had to I guess think... right now. Yeah. But you have any interest I... in Holmgren? No, I don't think Holmgren's going to go to Orlando. I think if they didn't have a center, then they could consider it. But in reality, when you already have Wendell Carter Jr., who I actually like, I think he's pretty good. Bamba, not so much, but he's still there. Right. I don't think they really need another center. So that's the issue with the NBA draft, though, and really the NFL draft as well, because they're picking first for a reason. It's because they suck in numerous positions. Right. You're assuming they're not going to take a guard. There's not even any guards available, but the point is is that they already have Cole Anthony. They have some young guys, Suggs, for example. Right. They really don't have many forwards. And if you think about their small forward collection, they have Terrence Ross, who comes off the bench, and he probably should have been traded at the trade deadline last year. But who do they have? I, I just think Jabari Smith is an immediate plug-and-play player for that team. Yeah, I think he's, I think he's the most NBA-ready player. Of a, a certain, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what you do with Holmgren because he does not look like he has an NBA body yet. No, you send him to Oklahoma City where he's probably going to go to, and he can learn from Pokashevsky. No, I'm joking, but you can actually let him gain some weight. You know, Oklahoma City's not trying to win anytime soon, so as long as you have a couple of years that you can actually mold Holmgren into the player that you want him to be. Any other landing spot, I'm assuming he's going to struggle. Yep. Like I can't picture him in Orlando playing immediately. I can't picture him going third overall to the Rockets and he's going to play immediately. I think he needs time to potentially sit on the bench, learn, and mostly gain some muscle. Yeah, should have fucking stayed in college another year. Yeah, probably. But So we got a couple guys joining us in the comment section as always. Timmy Earl in the house. What's up, Tim? 1777 memorabilia. It's been a minute for uh, since we've seen him around. Good to have him uh, here talking about the NBA draft. It says it's uh, yeah more about marketing. It said Chet, Chet will go number one, should go number five. I don't think he goes number one, but I don't think he's going one. Uh, it seems like Orlando's had some smoke on uh, Smith and Boncaro. Right. It might be the ultimate smoke screen of all time, but I have not heard anything about Orlando and Chet Hungry. All right, very good. And of course, we want to remind everybody if you'd be so kind to take a minute and smash that like button, let our bosses know what a great job we're doing. And, of course, get subscribed to all the YouTube channels that are available as far as our network goes, the Winners and Winers YouTube channel and 
the place you're listening to us right now, the Max Wagers Network YouTube channel as well. And, uh, of course, we are available in podcast form as well. Scott and I are available. Chris and I are available. All the major podcast platforms. That's usually ready to rock and roll right after we're off the air. I've usually got it up about 10 minutes after we're done. Um, I've got it edited and ready for dissemination. And, And by edited, I mean it really just, I convert it to MP3. There's very... I don't edit out anything unless you and I are, unless I forget to push the button in the end and you and I are just fucking shooting the shit. So we'll do it live. We'll do it live, damn it. Hey, Magellan's around. So it's a great time to fade Serena Williams playing doubles with uh, Owens. So is that right? Owens? Well, Serena hasn't played in about a year. So right? if you want to fade her and just assume that uh, Owens is going to have to do everything by herself in doubles, then I can understand the fade because Serena. Nothing wrong with her, you know, trying to get back into the swing of things. She's still tied for the all-time record for titles. I'm not sure if she'll ever win one again. But the point is, if she's going to be using doubles as a tune-up process, I think fading her is probably a smart move. Scott1777 is asking about college basketball futures. Gonzaga going from 16-1 to down to 9-1. to Well, you know they're always involved in the transfer markets. I'm no, I've learned my lesson. Gonzaga, close. They don't win. They're the Buffalo they're the Buffalo Bills of NCAA college basketball. I think that's an insult to the Bills. At least the Bills made it to the Super Bowl, that's you true. know, four times. Gonzaga doesn't make it there every year. No, I can't do they it. They made the title game twice. I cannot do it, buddy. Can't I just I just can't. I'm just thinking they lost to Baylor and they lost to North Carolina. How old, how old is Tim, Timmy's about thirty five now? Give or take. Uh, there were there were some rumors he was going to go to the pros, and then he decided to come back. So, so uh, he's, Tim, he's younger than back. you are. So if you put you a picture of you and a picture of Timmy next to each other, he's younger than you. That's just astounding. Yeah. Okay. All right, Memorabilia right. of talking about how most people, if not everybody from Gonzaga, is coming back. They also were active in the transfer markets. The issue is I'm really not a Nemhart guy. And I've stated that publicly on several occasions. I know Nemhart occasionally had a good game. But I think what really put Gonzaga over the top a couple years ago, I know they lost in the finals anyway, it was Jalen Suggs. Yeah. They just had that elite guard that could take over games. And what we've seen from the last couple of champions in college basketball, you need elite-level guard play. And I'm not sure that Gonzaga has that. I think that Nemhart's a steady point guard but I don't think he wows you or he really moves the needle. Do you? I think he's more of a facilitator who's going to try not to blow you the game, but he's not going to also make many big shots when you need him to. I'm not, I'm not sure I love the phrase blow you the game, but <laughs> yeah. I said he's not going to do that. I understand. But <laughs> just saying. Uh, yeah, I know. Um, yeah, I keep expecting him to make the leap to elite, and he, he just hasn't done it yet. He's a good college guard, but. I think I'm he's not. fine. Do I think he has any pro upside? Not really. Um, Magellan said, nice nerfy last night, by the way. He said he used it as a key in a bunch of parlays. Good, good, good. Uh, full disclosure, we also, uh, we were looking at the we were looking at the Yankees and the uh, Tampa Tampa Bay nerfy. Well, I, I, and the, I vetoed and the, it and the price the juice, and, the, and the price yeah, was the, too high, and that ended up losing. So Rizzo with that casual bomb. The Riz with the, with the Riz bomb. So... Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, there you go. Tommy Lloyd. Are there, any, are there any teams you do like in college basketball? Because I know that they're not from a power five conference, but 
I gotta love this Houston team, don't I? Every year, buddy. Every year. I was gonna say right now they're about co-favorites with Gonzaga. They're around nine to one or so. I'm assuming if you shop around, you could probably find a ten to one, an eleven to one because Houston doesn't have that name recognition that Gonzaga does. Right. But you look at Houston the last couple of years, and they were missing their best player last year, who got injured early on. Right. That team is sick. Do you the Houston team? Do you think the lack of competitiveness in the West Coast Conference uh, contributes to Gonzaga not? winning it all year in, year out, whenever, when it seems like they just hit the wall in the tournament? I don't think it does as much as other people. people other people think that's the main reason. But you look at the out-of-conference schedule, they kill themselves every year, and it's they usually dominate the out-of-conference schedule. And, they play, yeah, they're, and they're not afraid to play anybody out-of-conference. They played Duke last year, yeah. and they're usually in the Maui or some tournaments. Well, we were gonna, and we were going to have the Gonzaga-Baylor game the year before, and that got COVIDed out. But that was going to be a regular season game when they were when they were ranked 1-2. That's the thing. So if you want to make the argument that Gonzaga plays these teams too early, and maybe that's used against them, I guess, but... I'm not going to blame the conference because out of conference, they tend to play very, very tough competition and they usually thrive. Yeah, that's true. So I don't think they suddenly fall apart. I think the issue might be, you can argue complacency or the fact that Gonzaga, for whatever reason, just doesn't make enough shots when the lights are on them. Yep. Agreed. Uh, Detroit Lenny checking in. What up, Detroit Lenny? Said calling his gentleman. He's uses that term loosely. That is no lie at all. Not a... Uh... Not a gentleman to be found in this joint. Um, I know Rye's talking about Villanova, and now they're going to take a few steps back. Yep. I don't know if it's a few steps back or a cannonball, <laughs> but I don't think Villanova's going to be very good this year. I think they might make the tournament, but Jay Wright was the heart and soul of that program, and I get you can promote internally and try to keep some type of you know right identity there. I thought Wright was the best coach in all college basketball for the last decade. So when it comes to conference odds, let's just say I'm not betting Villanova to win the Big East. Okay, fair enough. Are you? Uh, it's a tough conference, man. You, they you, also lost Gillespie, of course, who was their veteran leader. Yeah, they that's, got some guys back, but... I'm, I'm yeah. definitely more worried about that. Hey, let me... I'm going to talk about something here real quick, and if you guys haven't seen my video yet for today, I talked about it on there, but it's... Uh, Tony Gonsolin, Scott, you know, kind of your Tony Gonsolin's having right now. What do you think his Cy Young odds are? Uh, they're definitely higher than they should be. I'm assuming they're around 25 to 1. About 35 to 1 right now. Okay. I, I was close. Yeah. His numbers are insane. Absolutely. His numbers are absolutely insane. Uh, 142 ERA, whip of 82. Um, you know, you've got a lot of you've got a lot of stiff competition in the National League. You've got you've got Burns, you've got Alcantara. But I think this guy deserves to be top five. I think 35 to one's a steal. I'm trying to think of who the other people are that are ahead of him. Uh, well, I can tell you because he's 10th. Yeah. He's no, I, besides the Kyle Wright, the Rod Kyle Wright Rodon, pa Pablo Lopez, Zach, Zach uh, Wheeler, Max Freed, uh, okay. Musgrove is the other. Those are the big, the big three are Alcantara, Musgrove, and, Musgrove and Corbin Burns. Yeah, that sounds like what the big three should be. Yeah. Now, since Alcantara, of course, is a member of the Marlins, you can toss Pablo Lopez in the garbage. I'll guarantee that one. He's got yeah. no chance to win. But Musgrove has a great chance. We'll I think see... 1777, I think if they vote today, I think Musgrove wins. It's very tough. I, I really think it's a two-horse race right now with Bo with Burns being in third. Mm -hmm. I would probably vote for Alcantara okay. if, if I had to pick one right now. 
I know I mentioned him on this show when Alcantara was about 8-1, to one, and he immediately plummeted to about plus 250. Alcantara is so damn good. Yeah, he really so, is. So is Musgrove, but you're looking at Alcantara's record. Do you know how good his record would be if he even had normal run support? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He's had no – every start has been a quality start. Pretty much. For so I would personally vote for Alcantara if I had a ballot, but I don't. I think it's a two-horse race, Burns being close in third. And it's way early. Yeah, way it's early. very early. Yeah. Uh, Bronco's saying Gonsolin's only 20-1 t- uh, t- to 1 at Bovada. So well, that's what – See that's what I wondered because I'm using a I'm using an amalgamation site that that shows like uh just kind of a grouping of the odds. So I wondered what it was in real life because when I started working on this, all the games were going on. Of course, the odds were down. So I can check right now. I know that uh, New Jersey BetMGM has uh, Cy Young odds. There you go. Detroit Lenny's saying Sandy's really good. Alcantara, yeah, he really is. I I totally agree. If he played anywhere outside of Miami. Uh, he would be a much bigger favorite if he if he was oh, in New yeah. York around the coast. What do you got? Over over under two and a half years before he gets shipped off for prospects. Uh, under. Okay. Under. I have to know where he's. Have to know where he is in his deal, but I imagine he's. By the way, I see Gonzalez on a twenty to one on so, BetMGM. So, so twenty to one is where. Okay, so. I'm. I still think you can probably find higher. I okay. just don't have all the books in front of me right now. Assume the ceiling is about thirty to one. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I still think it's. I still think it's. A, I think it's, Detroit Lenny says under as well. Um, I still think that's a. Uh, I still think that's an overlay at twenty to one. I think there's. See, not, Magellan, you're saying that he should be disqualified for pitching for the Marlins. I think that should be a bonus <laughs> because of the lack of run support. I'm surprised he hasn't jumped off a bridge already. You know how annoying it is when he goes seven innings, one run, you get endless no decisions. Rice says uh, Alcantara makes pitching looks effortless. You know who else does that is uh, the kid from Cleveland, uh, Tristan McKenzie. Just McKenzie, so. I'm happy actually worked out because it took him a couple of years yep. where he showed flashes, but for the most part, he would always have a couple of rough outings that would just tank the entire ERA. Mm-hmm. He's been steady this year, and it seems like he's going to be a very nice number two behind Kluber for the immediate future. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Rice says he's going to be dealt in next year's trade deadline. I think that's probably wouldn't surprise me. It's the Miami cycle. Yep, absolutely. So uh, a couple things to remind you guys of. Uh, of course, listen to all the great content here at the Max Wagers Network. Sean Higgs at noon, midday, uh, doing midday money. One o'clock is Allie Burns bringing morning wood. Me and Chris at two doing parlays. Scott and I bringing you back to the window at three. Four o'clock, Sean Miller with soccer from around the globe. And of course, uh, a couple of guys that we have here in the comments section, Detroit Lenny and Tim Earl, along with Tim's brother, Nick. And they are giving you your game time decision at 5 p.m. Eastern. So check all of those out. Or if you're like Bronco, as Bronco said the other day, he just has all day. He just has all day to do nothing to sit around and, and watch our content. So thanks, Bronco. Appreciate it. I believe there might have been a tongue in cheek there. I'm not positive, but uh, by the way, Magellan, for your O'Neill Cruz uh, question, over. They just gave Cabrian Hayes a bunch of money. They're going to give Cruz a bunch of money, and they're going to hope those two guys are going to lead them to something. Of course, they need a lot more pieces, but for Cruz, I like the over two and a half. When you pay Brian that much money early on, I got to assume they're going to secure Cruz pretty early. You? Yeah, I'm the, I'm the same way. Uh, Bronco said he took Gonsolin five-plus strikeouts tonight at plus 120. He said he listened to me, and it kills him. It kills him. Well, that's all right, buddy. You could do worse. Uh, Paul says the uh, Dodgers Reds under might be a trap. Says everybody's on that under today. Scott, how do you feel about that one? Well, it's always a slippery slope when you take an under in Great American. 
I think I just like the Dodgers in that one. Okay. I know I'm always been better recently. Mm-hmm. I'm still not a big fan. Okay. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets traded at the deadline. Some desperate contender tries to trade for another starter. I think Molly's might maybe on a list there, but I'll back on someone. I'm a big believer when it comes to betting of don't fix what isn't broken. Yeah. And back in Gonsolin's pretty good. I don't mind uh, potentially laying one and a half there with the Dodgers on the road. I know Mookie's on the IL, which is going to hurt the lineup. But do you have any thoughts on that one? Because I just want to back Gonsolin. I have a lot of thoughts on that one. Most of them I can't share. So Fair enough. I, I, did, I did an interesting thing on this game, and I'll talk about it tomorrow. So You took the over one and a half first inning runs. <clears throat> That's funny. Uh, all right. So what else? Caesars. Scott, what do we got going on at Caesars? So Caesars still has the very, very nice promotion going for them where it is $1,500. And if you like betting and you're afraid of potentially losing, they have an insurance policy. So if you lose your first bet on your first deposit up to $1,500, you get your money back in the form of free bet if it loses. Very good. Very good. Uh, Got to use the, uh, I like the way you put that. If you, if you like the betting part, but, but you hate r- the potential losing. Really don't part. care for the losing. Then, yeah. This is a deal for you. That's, yeah, pretty much. That's how they should be promoing that shit. Hey, do you like betting but not losing? Well, we've got yeah. a situation that you're going to really enjoy. You got to use the code VideoWinners15. Of course, we've dropped that code in the description of today's video along with the links to your individual states. Got to be 21. Of course, got to be your first bet, first deposit there at Caesars. Yeah, Caesars has to be in a state where you are, et cetera, et cetera. And if you want my premium picks, been running pretty good uh, here lately. We're 19, 6, and 1 over our last 26. So we'll uh, we'll see if we can keep up the great work. As far as the premium picks go, that link is available in today's description as well. Scott, let's get to it. Let's talk a little bit about what happened yesterday, shall we? There was, uh, there was some good news, and there was some bad news, and there were some people that did well, people that uh, had the right side. There were some people that took it in the shorts. There's people that took it to the bank. Winners, whiners, you know who you are. Let's find out what that list looks like as we reveal the Tuesday version of Call the Cops. All right, very good. If you had the St. Louis Cardinals plus a half a run in the first five innings, that was a low-scoring grinded out affair. The game was tied after four innings. It was tied nothing, nothing. And Milwaukee, well, how about a two-run home run in the bottom of the fifth? That'll do, pig. St. Louis trailed two to nothing after five, two to nothing after six, two to nothing after nine. That's the way it ended. But your game ended early if you had St. Louis plus a half at the halfway run line. So sorry. And if you had the Avalanche team total over, two and a half against the Lightning. The number looked extremely low, and it looked especially low in the middle of the game because the Avalanche had two goals in the first 25 minutes of the game, which means you need one goal in about the final 35, and you got zero. They finished with two, and one of the best offenses in the league went scoreless for about, eh, what is that, two and three-fourths periods? Yes, two and or one one in one in uh, three fourths periods. Not good. Thirty five minutes to you and me. Yeah, that's uh, not a fun time. Not at all. And uh, finally, if you had the New York baseball Yankees team total under three and a half playing the Rays, another low scoring grinded out affair with a total of six and a half. 
had two runs through the first eight innings. They scored two runs in the top of the ninth. Oh, oh, oh. They finished with four. Scott, that was a game where they had a home run in the first. You're like, yeah, probably screwed. And then they went in that big, long, dry spell, and you're like, I might be all right here. And then you were heartbroken at the end. Oh, so sorry. Aaron Hicks with an RBI triple. That's how you know you can rip up the ticket, because Hicks is awful. And he came through. He's actually been decent in the month of June, but when he's the one who's going to deliver the big hit to kill you, yep. uh, it's kind of rough. It wasn't meant to be. Wasn't meant to be, says Scott. Absolutely true. So there was some good news out there. It's kind of the opposite situation. You had those nice, easy wins. Maybe you didn't even have to watch the whole game. Maybe you just had to watch the first period or so. But you know who you are. You're out there. You're taking it easy. You're living the good life. You're kicked back, sitting in the rocking chair. So I mentioned how the Avalanche team total over was a bad beat. However, if you had the full game over, that was in the rocking chair because the total was six for some reason. You had three goals in the first period and five goals in the second period. And I guess the players got the notice that the game went over because they scored zero in the third, but they finished with eight. And a game Scott and I were talking about is we were uh, both all of a sudden big fans of this Arkansas team, and they played like I was a big fan of them yesterday as they went out there and shit the bed. But if you had the over 10 and a half, didn't have to worry about that much. Arkansas not stopping many people in this one. Nine runs in the first three innings. Game landed 18. What was it? Uh, 13 to five? Is that the final? Yeah, that sounds right. Not good. Not good, Bob. Not good at all. And the last one, sticking with the over trend, if you had the over nine in the Blue Jays and White Sox game, you had 10 runs in the first five innings, and there was no rain cancellation. Game landed 15. Mm. All right. Very good. Uh, <laughs> okay. Let's have a little fun here. Let's talk about this. It's a... Uh, Every once in a while, you see some of this funny stuff, and I was looking for this video. I, I started looking for it a little bit too late. I couldn't find it, but uh, we could have definitely done some play-by-play here. It's got, you know, being on a grounds crew, it's kind of a fun thing to do. You got some guys that do it as summer jobs. You got some guys that uh, do it for a career, and they usually do a pretty damn good job. But yesterday... I can't believe you're uh, being, doing a disservice to the audience. You didn't play the sound effect. Oh, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. You're not there yet. You're giving a prelude to the sound effect? I am. Okay. I'm giving a prelude to the sound effect. All right, fair I'm, enough. I'm kind, of build, I'm kind of building the suspense. Okay, fair enough. So, yeah, yesterday, tough day for one ground crew in particular. Let's find out who it was as we talk about the Tuesday donkey of the day. Did you really think I didn't have a plan? I wasn't sure. Okay. All right. We haven't done a donkey today in it's been a, a minute. while. So. It's been a minute. So the grounds crew there in Pittsburgh, Scott PNC Park, they had a uh, unexpected visitor during the game, a little squirrel. A little squirrel. Oh, it's a little squirrel. How'd they do getting that squirrel, Scott? Uh, not well. <laughs> uh, I'm sure people have seen grounds crews, you know, ground crews try to, I'd say, get wild animals off of the actual field. And a Apparently, they didn't really have a good protocol for it because the grounds crew failed for <laughs> several minutes. You could have had Benny Hill in the background. You could have had anything you wanted. But I was gonna long say, story short, there was a several-minute delay. I believe it was maybe five to eight minutes or so. Just seeing a couple of grounds crew members sprinting after a squirrel. 
with have, some type of like makeshift net. I was gonna say, did they have a net? Did they have like a landing net? They or... had like a bucket and a net, but the execution clearly wasn't there. <laughs> but it took several minutes to get a squirrel off of the field. I was gonna say, and if you if you don't hear Yakety Sax playing in the background, you're just not trying at all. Yeah. Um, you ever had any encounters with a squirrel? I see them every day. A squirrel run up my leg one time. Nice. The kids, the kids were all at the window, and uh, they couldn't stop laughing because I'm literally like hopping around on one foot in a circle, shaking my leg. I looked like I was doing the fucking hokey pokey on acid. Did you turn yourself around? I was putting, I was turning myself around. I had my right foot in. I was shaking it all about. That's what it's all about. <laughs> That's what it's all about, right there. Exactly. And to this yeah. day, my daughter, uh, one of my daughters, is still uh, absolutely terrified of squirrels. Like, I'll send her, like, these cute squirrel memes or something that you find on the internet, and she'll be pissed at me for, like, two days. She's like, I'm not kidding. I hate squirrels. So, yeah, not good. So that was the, that's who that was the squirrel of the day. <laughs> okay, so we've kind of alluded to this game, and I feel like we need to talk about it a little more in depth. <sighs> we've talked about this guy, so there's no way we can be mad at him. But holy shit, you can definitely be disappointed. So, Scott, we talked a little bit about how Darcy Kempfer, not a great goalie. He's fine, you know, but he was yeah, not, Vasilevsky's better on he the other was, side. He was not fine last night, sir. Yeah, he was not good. He was not good. So tell us tell us what happened here, because I looked up. I was I was doing some stuff around the house. I looked up. I saw it was first period scores, one nothing Colorado. I'm like, yeah, pretty much just the way. Just the way we talked about it, Colorado in the under, absolutely. Next time I checked, it was six two. What the hell well, happened? I said Colorado Scott? in the over. But oh, you had the over. Okay, so you yeah, did. You I, did it one side. I thought that if Colorado was going to win, the game had to go over. Okay. Basically. All right. So but, right bet, wrong reason. We we all love those. We've all hit them many times. So yeah. well, I kind of pushed because I said if Tampa was going to win, take the over and Vasilevsky saves, and he went over. So I that guess I kind of met in the middle. Yeah, he had he had a, he had a much better night. What he faced thirty eight shots. I might have been in the 40s at the end, but he saved. I think he had like 36 saves, 37 saves. Something like that. I know it was. So know, it was he was re- very good. Really so good. the overall game, I got the side wrong, but the over I got right. And I mentioned a couple of props, but Kemfer definitely did not get to the 30 plus saves because he allowed five goals on 21 shots and he got benched in the second period. Yep. So the thing is, even though Colorado's up two one, I said going into the series that. The main story is going to be Vasilevsky versus Kempfer. And if Colorado can overcome having a significant disadvantage in net. And even though Colorado won the first two games, was it because Kempfer did anything? Or was it because the defense basically prevented Tampa from getting any shots on net? Yeah, we, talk, kind of beat. we talked about that, that he faced 37 shots in the first two games. That's that's going to make you look really good as a goalie. Although, pretty much facing but... 21 last night didn't make him look good. He faced, what, 16 shots game yeah. two? Yeah, 21 and 16. That's what he faced. So the goals against average was okay for Kempfer, but it wasn't because he was playing out of his mind. It was because the defense was preventing a bunch of shots on net. Correct, correct. They, so... you know, Tampa had trouble clearing out of their zone, beating the forecheck. We talked about that, so. Yeah. I, I said going into the series, I thought Frensos should have been in net. Do you think it's fair to pull the plug on Kempfer, or do you think they go back to him? Francois looked pretty good in relief yesterday. I think you give him the start. I think you give him the start on the Who's road. Who's he? Francois, sorry. Oh, okay. Well, that was the that was the that was the subject. Yeah, of yeah, your, yeah. That okay. was the subject of your sentence. So, 
yes, I think I think you give him I think you give him the start. Now, do I think they will? I think it's fifty fifty. Yeah, you, I agree. You, yeah. If I was the coach, I would go with Francis. Agreed. Agreed. Um, all right. So very good. No other sports other than uh, baseball tonight. So Scott, before we get to the baseball part, you want to talk about anything in particular from the world of tennis? Anything? Anything you're looking at uh, that you want to share with the class that's not baseball related? Well, we have Wimbledon coming up uh, in about a week or so. It starts the next Monday, right? Uh, of course, Djokovic is the favorite at like minus one fifteen, minus one twenty. He should be. He's the best grass court player of all time. So he should be the favorite, the favorite. The thing is men's tennis tends to be very favorite oriented. You don't have many Cinderella runs. If you want to go for a series long shot, bet the women, because you tend to have a long shot that makes it to the semis almost every year. But for men's tennis, it's usually towards the favorites who win the tournaments and Nadal is going to be participating. He's the third favorite at about seven to one, seven, uh, seven fifty. I have no interest for me. I, I think that Nadal, of course, grass is a worse surface, but he hasn't been able to actually play any grass court tune-up matches. He had the leg issue in the French Open. I'm not interested. My three future bets I'm kind of tempted by, Djokovic and Berrettini are the two favorites that I like. And if you want to go for a half-long shot, Herkaz at around 18-1 to 1, I think has some value. Okay. And why do we see it so favorite heavy, Scott? Is it just the format? Is it? Let's start with 128, right? For the, yeah. with the For the men's side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So is it just because there's so many rounds of, of a maximum of five games? Is it just the guys that have been there and done that? Are they the ones that ultimately prevail? Or why is it so favorite heavy? Uh, simply put, the players at the top of the food chain are some of the greatest players of all time. And none of the other guys have had a chance for about the last 15 years. I mean, think about men's tennis when Federer and Nadal showed up. Right. Djokovic showed up a little bit later. Right. But when those two showed up, nobody else won anything. Like, Roddick was number one. He never won again after the U.S. Open. You can go down the line. You have a couple of nice stories. Chilich won one. Del Potro won one. I know Wawrenka won a couple. But for the most part, it's just been extremely top-heavy. And you're looking at a spot where, do I think anybody on grass can beat Djokovic? No, not really. I think Djokovic is the best player on grass in the history of the sport. I think Berrettini, who made the final last year, that's the only loss he's had. He lost to Djokovic in the final of of Wimbledon last year. He's undefeated on grass every other tournament he's been in. So they're my two bets there. And Herc has just won a tournament. He's in good form. I think that he can make the semis if you want to go for a 10-plus to one shot who could make a deep run. But for the most part, I just expect Djokovic to be in the final and probably win. So, and I do agree with Magellan. For the women's side, I do like Haddad Maya, who is really just been rolling on grass on the women's side. She's been great, which is kind of weird because you're not used to seeing many Brazilians who are very good on grass. But she is. If I was going to make one bet on the women's side, I agree with Magellan. It would be uh, Haddad Maya. I wouldn't take Swiatek. Swiatek's price is too low. J.C. Stone says the top players get the best times to play. Um, do they also get the best court assignments? Because I know that makes a hell of a difference at Wimbledon as those courts tend to get 
kind of worn down by the uh, end of the second I, I week. I doubt they're throwing Djokovic on court 17. Right. At, so, at, at yeah, 1030 at, 1030 at night or whatever. But when it comes to overall talent, uh, I'm not really saying anything that's that earth shattering. You look at the top players in the history of the sport and in any order you want, you have Nadal, Djokovic, and Federer, top three, any order you want. So, yeah, the other people in the last 15 years have really not had a chance. Hasn't it always been that way? Hasn't it always been? You have had you had, you had Borg, you had McEnroe, you had Connors, you had Pete Sampras, you had Jim Courier. It was different, though, because Sampras and Wimbledon was automatically going to win. Right. Like, he was never going to lose. But at least Sampras was awful in the French Open. They had a couple of actual surfaces that they struggled in. The big three of Djokovic, Nadal, and Federer are good on every surface. So everyone else is just screwed. That's kind of my takeaway. I mean, I I don't want to make it sound like I'm dismissing the achievements of every other tennis player, but I kind of have to when you look at the percentages for the last like 15 years and the big three have won what? Like 80% of the Grand Slams? Probably more. Yeah. Like, it's not even close. I'm trying to think of all the people that have won multiple Grand Slams in the last 15 years and not the big three. I got Warrenka and Andy Murray. I I think that's it. Can, can you think of anybody else? I think those are the only two I could think of that have multiple titles since, like, 2004. Yeah. I mean, there may be somebody I'm not thinking of, but... I think that's it. Del Potro only won one, I think. He only won the U.S. Open. Right. So, Yeah. I think it's just Murray and Walrenka, so I'm going to stick with the the guys who dominate the sport, especially since Djokovic hasn't won a Grand Slam tournament yet this season. I'm not going to blame him. He's the best Australian Open player of all time, and he was banned from the event this year, so he couldn't participate. And you lost to Nadal in, Fran- in the French, which is expected, because Nadal's the best French Open player of all time. I think Djokovic rolls. I think Berrettini could maybe take a set off him again, but those are my main two bets. Okay. Taking a look at baseball tonight. Um, but I do agree with Magellan, by the way. If you if you can find Haddad Maya 32 to 1, I would take that. The only issue is she's played so many grass court tournaments. I'm not sure if she's going to be fatigued, but she's looked like a top three player on the women's side in grass this season. 32 to 1's a hell of a price. Okay. All right. Very good. Um, Scott, what's your play of the day? Uh, my play of the day was the uh, Pirates team total over four and a half. You know, do you find yourself having to readjust your thinking on the Pirates only because, you know, you're used to the Pirates just being buried in last place. It's, the Pirates, they're horrible. But, you know, they're, what are they, nine under in third place in the Central? Now, granted, that Central, that's a terrible division. But when you look at them matching up with the Cubs, they're actually a better team than the Cubs. Or at least have a better record right now. What do you? Are we? Can we say we're surprised at the Pirates? I am. I thought that of a hundred losses, right? Especially when O'Neill Cruz wasn't being called up to start the season. Uh, that was. Did they officially meet the service time manipulation requirements? I think that's what they. Yeah, that's. You know. I'm assuming they did. So Cruz is now up. I think we also, even though we thought the Cubs and the Reds were going to be bad. I don't think we thought they would be this bad. No, especially the Reds I was very Reds down early. on the Reds. Yeah. I don't think you were. I think you Not thought they'd much. be okay. I thought they'd be okay. I thought they'd be fine. I thought they'd be awful, but I didn't think they'd start the year, what, like 5-30? and 30? Yeah. Right. I didn't have that in my in my mind. I thought the Cubs would get to 88 losses, something like that, but they're potentially pushing 95. So the, your wins have to come somewhere. So but, the Cubs starting uh, – 
uh, shish kebab. No, shawarma. He's basically a shish kebab. The, he is, uh, he's kind of the home run king. That's why I took the Pirates team total over. Yeah, you kind of you kind of have to do that, don't you? And you talked about the you, and you talked about the wind a little bit, and we get so used to checking the wind in Wrigley Field that uh, you forget the Cubs on the road sometimes. And this is a wind that's blowing uh, west southwest at uh, about, about eight. About, well, it's gonna be it's gonna be game time. Yeah, it's it's twelve. 12 at 6 o'clock, and then the sun starts going down. It drops down a little bit. So it's going to be a little bit of a factor. By the way, I want to remind you guys, if you didn't know, the uh, Charles Schwab Stadium that they play the College World Series at is aligned backwards. So in the summertime, you hear about the uh, not a lot of home runs being hit because it's, it's, it's faces you're hitting, you're hitting south. The, uh, yeah. It's aligned north to south instead of south to north. So... Just a reminder, because I looked I looked that up yesterday because you were talking about the wind and how it was knocking down the balls. I'm like, oh, is it fucking? And I, first of all, I was like, why is the wind blowing weird in Nebraska? And it's not the stadium set up weird. So uh, keep that in mind when you're betting your totals. Although a couple of games yesterday or the one game yesterday didn't matter, they were just hitting everything every, everything in the gap. So uh, do agree with Rachel? She's probably uh, tired at this point. Yeah. And the value's there, but I'm curious if Hadid Maya. I don't want to say she's going to forfeit prize money, but at this point, do you consider potentially retiring and just saving your energy for Wimbledon? I think you kind of. I don't have, know. Yeah, you have. You certainly have to look at it for sure. Um, I don't know how much fatigue also matters because Casper Ruud was in a bunch of clay court tournaments and he still made the French Open final. So some people can overcome it. It's just uh, another variable you got to account for. So we're talking about Matt Swarmer, this kid that's a a pitcher for the. Chicago Cubs and for now for now how long do you let him stay up Scott depends how he performs but I said in my video if he continues to pitch like this he'll be in AAA by the end of the month yeah he's one of these guys that he's got, a tweener you got to write you got to write him now he's a he's kind of a well at least so far yeah I've been a 4A guy 20 and two-thirds innings 10 home runs Scott yeah that's uh it's not good. No, that's that's better than better than four four home runs per nine. That is not. If good, if you good want a prop tonight, I don't mind O'Neill Cruz homering. If you want to go for some type of player prop there, Cruz looked great in his first game. Two for five, four RBIs. Uh, he also had that ninety six mile per hour throw from shortstop, which is just insane. But right. I I can't look past the fact that it's a fly ball pitcher with the wind blowing out, and he gives up a bunch of home runs. Yep. Yeah. So I'm expecting him to struggle again. Should be should be fun for sure. He's given up uh, six or more in three of his four starts. And the Cubs bullpen's also a bottom five bullpen in the league. Yep. And so they've got to be tired. Yeah, they've got to be gassed. So. Well, they've been used all the time. I mean, they gave up twelve runs yesterday, so the start didn't exactly go that long yesterday. Right. Uh, Broncos' Swinsky had three homer game for the Pirates. That's right. Yeah. And the walk off. Yep. 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 Yeah, Robert wants to know about the uh, the dream in the WNBA, Scott, under 164.5. I know you're a uh, WNBA guy. You want to get involved with an under? Uh, the under is not as tempting as you think because the dream defensively have really struggled the last couple of games. They've given up at least 90 points in each of the last three. I like Dallas in this spot. They had two good wins at home. They're five and three straight up on the road. But I've mentioned it about the Dream all season long. They're a nice story, but they struggle against good teams. 
they're good at beating up on the weaker teams, but in step-up games, they tend to struggle. I think Dallas is getting a pretty good deal here. I would lean to the wings there. If you want your high total special of the day, I don't mind the over 176 in the Vegas-Chicago Sky game, uh, just because Vegas might might end up dropping 90-plus points. Maybe a team total over there for Vegas, but... Yeah, WNBA, I wasn't exactly thrilled with the card today. I know that there's a decent amount of games, but when it comes to that dream game, the defense hasn't been there recently. I'm just going to lean to the wings. Okay. So on the total, you got no opinion on the 164 and a half? Uh, not, not really. Okay. No. All right. Good enough. Thanks, Joan. Appreciate it. <laughs> we, uh, we have fun here on America's Funniest Home Videos. Absolutely. Uh, thoughts on the Yankees plus 200 to win the American League? I think you might have missed the boat. Probably 350 not too long ago, huh? 350 preseason, they were probably around what? Like 4 to 1, 5 yeah, to 1. I think so. You can you can take them if you think that they are going to maintain the momentum they have now of the first team to 50. But last two games Aaron Boone's doing Aaron Boone things. And they they managed to win yesterday. But they let Cole pitch to a few too many batters there. I know he had the no-hitter, gave up a hit. He almost gave up a two-run homer there, and then they pulled him. They brought in Holmes for a five-out save, which I don't think he's done this year. Then they brought in Peralta to pitch the ninth when he pitched yesterday. The only thing stopping them is Aaron Boone. Right. That's what I'm trying to tell you. And injuries. keep that in mind. And injuries. And injuries, of course. But injuries can stop anybody. Well, but they... The Yankees see in their core seem to be a little more susceptible than most teams with 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 Judge and Stanton. Yeah, pretty much. But Stanton's already had his IL stint. Judge has not, which might be on the horizon. But it's mostly just going to come down to: Do you want to have money tied up in the bank, or you know, pending for several months, relying on Aaron Boone to make the right decisions? That's really the question that you have to answer for yourself. All right, very good. Uh, but I do agree with memorabilia. There's really not much competition in the AL. It's a pretty weak overall yeah. conference. Well, that was going to be league, I should say. Yeah, that was going to be my question. Who do you really, who do you really worry about? Houston and anybody else? Houston, and they haven't been good. The rest of the AL West just imploded. Uh, yeah, they've been well. They've been okay, but yeah, they're, I believe they're nine and seven this month, and they've gained five games in the division. That's pretty brutal. Yeah. So yeah, I mean Houston's going to win the division because nobody else in their division is worth a damn. But do I think the White Sox have any potential with La Russa? No. Do I think the Astros are a good team? Not really. I mean, if Verlander and Valdez, you know, put together some good starts, maybe they can find a way. The Yankees should, keyword should, win the AL. But would it shock me if they got upset by a Blue Jays team potentially in one of the cup in the one of the rounds? No, because if they run into a hot team, they run into a hot team. Who, who do you think is the biggest threat in the AL right now? I'd probably lean Toronto, just because they can actually score a bunch of runs and their overall top three pitchers are competent. I'm still on Houston. I'm still on. You're still Houston. Yeah, I'm. I'm still Houston. I just. The Toronto team just has too many weird letdowns, you know. Oh, they do. I'm not saying that they're my pick to win the AL, but if you want to talk about teams that can jump up and bite the Yankees, a division rival that can score a bunch of runs at any given time, I think, fits the mold for a team that can pull off an upset in three out of five or four out of seven. Bronco says Yankees probably add talent at the break. I mean, that's... Are they better? 
but the Yankees have been cheap the last couple of years. Yep. So I, I don't know what exactly they're going to try to get. For the bullpen, they're going to pray Britain comes back and maybe shores up the bullpen a little bit. They got Chapman, who's supposed to come back, but I don't know if that's a good thing or not. Uh, when it comes to the actual main adjustments the Yankees need to make, you cannot play Hicks and Gallo on a regular basis. And at least both of them. Right. Like, if you want to platoon them together, fine. I still don't like it. But two of your outfielders use every day are practically useless at the plate. Yeah, there's a couple of black holes in that lineup for sure. Yeah. No question about it. All right, bud. Well, let's get to it, shall we? Let's uh, let's do that thing we do at the end of each and every show. Scott, it is time. It's Tuesday. Get those Tuesday overalls out. Strap them on. Get your straw hat ready. And uh, climb aboard your John Deere. Grab your keys. Put them in. Get ready to fire that bad boy up. Because, ladies and gentlemen, you know it. You love it. Once again, it is time. To bet the farm, everybody. Let's do it. All right, go. Afternoon, everybody. So, Scott, I uh, know we had a uh, bet the farm yesterday. We did a uh, we did a little nerfy action. How'd that go for us? We finally did it. We won a Nerfy. We, we won it. a Nerfy. Nice, easy Nerfy win. Cue to banjos. Yeehaw. Yeehaw. So, Scott, since we played a Nerfy yesterday successfully, what are we doing today? We're going to do it again, damn it. We're but doing it again. Do it. We're doing it again, damn it. And we're taking a look at the Rockies. And the Marlins, we're going to play the Nerfy there at minus 120. Rockies averaging just .34 runs per first inning on the road. That's 24th in the league. While the Marlins, as you might recall, you're thinking to yourself, I bet they don't score very much either. No, they don't. They average in .34 runs per game also in the first inning. At, and that is 28th in the league. Feltner. Feltner is pitching for Colorado, and guess what, Scott? He's been good in one start against Miami this season. Seven innings pitch, gave up just one earned run. On the other side, towing the slab for the fish is Castano. He's a uh, hasn't made many starts, but the starts that he made done well. Two and two, ten and two thirds innings pitched, zero earned runs. Scott, these guys are locking it down. Neither one of these teams can score. What's not the love? Rockies, Marlins, Nerfy, minus 120. And Castano's more of an opener. He's not going to go much length, which is not our problem because we just need three outs. Yep. So if you've given up no earned runs, but you're only going to go two innings, we'll back you in one of those two innings. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's going to do it for the farm. And that is going to do it for today's show. As always, we appreciate you guys. Stopping by and checking out what we have to offer. Don't forget to check out all the other great shows. Don't forget to like and subscribe. We appreciate the effort on your part. Don't think we don't for a second. We'll be back and do it again tomorrow. Same bad time, same bad channel. It'll be hump day, everybody. And at 3 o'clock, you can find us right here doing our very best to help you guys in that journey to head back to the window. Take care, everybody. We'll see you then. Mm -hmm.